Welcome back to the ACC Northeast Practice and Career Management Committee's podcast series, Around the In-House. I'm your host, Alex Afariot, Legal Counsel of the Boss Consulting Group, Secretary of the ACC Northeast Chapter Board, and Co-Chair of the Practice and Career Management Committee. We're back for another episode to speak with more members of the in-house practice about their careers, aspirations, challenges, and personal passions. We hope, once again, to provide our listeners with this great opportunity to hear directly from other in-house practitioners about the issues they're facing and to share their tips about building a successful in-house practice. So thanks again for joining us for another trip around the in-house. This episode, I'm excited to welcome Sara Bissaria, who serves as Employment and Litigation Counsel for Radius Health. Sara graduated from the University of Florida, then went on to earn her law degree from Northeastern University School of Law. She began her career as a public defender at the Committee for Public Counsel Services. Sara then transitioned to private practice where she practiced civil litigation with a focus in employment law, first at a large firm, followed by a boutique litigation firm. In June of this year, she transitioned to her current in-house role at Radius Health, a transition I look forward to exploring more with her today. Sara is actively involved in bar associations and has served as president for the South Asian Bar Association of Greater Boston and as an executive committee member for the South Asian Bar Association Foundation and the Massachusetts Bar Association Young Lawyers Division. She was a fellow of the Massachusetts Bar Association Leadership Academy and a member of the Women's Bar Association's Women's Leadership Initiative. And in her spare time, if you can believe she has any, Sara runs a food blog where she shares her own invented recipes. I am so thrilled to have Sara with me on the podcast this month. Welcome, Sara. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, our ple- well, my pleasure. I'm really excited <laughs> for you to be here. Um, so I thought we would just start with, with your career arc. You, you know, you started in your legal career in a public defender role, and you're now working in-house. And I know that that was not a straight line from, from point A to point B. Can you tell us a bit how you got to where you are today at Radius Health? Sure. You know, I have to say, when I started my career as a public defender, I never thought that I would end up as in-house counsel at a pharmaceutical (laughs) company. Um, You know, when I joined private practice after my time at the public defender's office, I got the opportunity to work on a few employment cases. And that's what really sparked my interest in that part of the field. And as I grew in my career, I was able to tailor my practice to that employment work. So when I began thinking about the next stage of my career, I asked myself what parts of my practice I really wanted to cultivate next. And in asking that question, I figured out that an in-house employment counsel role was the right next step for me. And I'm really fortunate to have found a great position doing exactly what I wanted to do with really fantastic people. Oh, that's the the best feeling. So so now that you've transitioned to in-house, what have been some of the biggest changes for you? Um, And is there anything at all that you miss about private practice? You know, as far as biggest changes, I have to say my com- my day to day is completely different. Um, you know, my job now is primary primarily counseling, and the litigation that I do is just litigation management. So mm-hmm. I primarily interact with the human resources department and other business folks, and so that means that I primarily interact with non lawyers, which is a brand new sure. thing for me in my career, and it's <laughs> really fantastic. You get to learn all sorts of different perspectives and. You know, you you understand how non-lawyers' brains work so differently, um, and it's been really exciting. It's been challenging, of course, at times, but it's been a lot of fun. And as far as what I miss, you know, I do miss litigation a little bit. I uh-huh. started out my career standing up in court and did that for all of my career until 
this June and I miss going to court. I miss, you know, having to think on my feet and make these arguments and conducting depositions. And, you know, it, it was a big part of my career and I, I miss it a bit, but I'm really excited about what I'm doing now. Yeah, no, it sounds really great. And it's, 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 I, I totally agree with your point about non-lawyers because I think in a lot of cases, they can bring a perspective that you might not have had when mm-hmm. you were only interfacing with, with um, yeah, other members of your firm. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so, so you know, and just focusing on the job that you have now, again, with, with, with your focus um, as employment counsel, you know, we're obviously hoping trend lines continue and that the worst of the pandemic is, is receding, but I know that the implications of COVID-19, especially with vaccinations and employee safety is, is likely still very much front and center for you. Um, so could you share with our listeners how the pandemic is impacting employment, you know, the employment law practice in, in particular, I think, especially from, from your perspective, relatively new in the role. Absolutely. You know, it's quite a time to be an employment lawyer and the changes <laughs> are daily, sometimes hourly. And one of the really important things for me to do in my role is to be plugged into any new order, any change in the law and be ready to do a quick analysis and let the folks on my team and the other, you know, business folks involved know what this means for us. Um, and that can be challenging at times, but I've been really grateful to have a strong network of employment lawyers who are constantly sharing articles and advice and their thoughts on the changing landscape. And that sort of collaboration has been really valuable. So I want to shift gears a little bit, Sarah. And, and you know, your transition in-house was so recent. So I know that networking played a huge part in your success in landing your new role. Um, You're also very active, as I mentioned earlier, in in so many various bar associations in Boston. So I thought maybe you could tell us just what is your secret for leveraging your network and and staying so involved with these various organizations? Sure. So networking and bar associations have played a huge role, not only in every career transition that I've made, but throughout my career for mentorship, for deciding what's next. And I know a lot of people aren't big fans of networking and I get it because it can be a little uncomfortable at first getting to know complete strangers, Um, you know, but I have formed some really great mentor relationships and some great friendships that started in the discomfort of a somewhat awkward cocktail party, Um, you know, and I think some of that discomfort comes from this idea you have to be this curated version of yourself when you're networking in order mm. to establish a strong network. And that, that perception that you have to not be yourself, I think, puts people in an uncomfortable position. And I don't think that's oh. true at all. You know, I think it's really important to be yourself when you're networking, when you're getting to know folks in your field. Um, so that when you form, form those connections with people, those connections are genuine. And mm-hmm. if the need arises, that you feel comfortable calling on those people for, for career advice, for help navigating a complicated work issue. Um, you know, another thing I think is really important is paying that forward. So, you know, I've benefited so much from mentorship, from people taking time out of their day and scheduling a half hour coffee or Zoom with me to give me their perspective and share their experiences. And I try to do that as often as possible with law Mm -hmm. students and with more junior attorneys. 
because I think particularly in our field, the best way to figure out what you want to do next is to see someone else who's done it and see if you like what they've done. That's such a great point. And I just want to go back to your point about authenticity, because I think that's often overlooked, especially in networking. Um, it's such a it's such a great point. I mean, I think about just even back to my own early days of legal practice, and I felt like going to a, a networking event was was so stressful because you couldn't really sort of feel like you could be yourself. So I, I just, I love that. I think that's such a good point. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy to be someone that you're not. And right. whether that's <laughs> what your natural personality is, if you're somebody who likes to laugh and joke a lot. And sometimes authenticity means having the uncomfortable conversation of saying, actually, you're mispronouncing my name. And this is how to properly pronounce my name or something of that nature. You know, that, that it can range from everything from how I generally interact with people in a social situation to do I correct somebody when they say my name wrong or do I correct somebody when they make some sort of assumption about me that I'm uncomfortable with. And you have to find where on that spectrum you're comfortable, um, you know, expressing yourself in those situations. But I think that if you come from a place of being comfortable with who you are when you walk into those situations, you're going to be far ahead um, than where you would have been if you were trying to be the person you think that folks want you to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just could not agree more with you there, Sarah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a great point. Um, so, you know, one of the other things that you and I have talked about is that there is also a misconception, especially amongst newer to practice lawyers, that sort of your current skill set will be the determining factor in, in your next career move, rather than making your next career move sort of like an objective to learn that new skill. Not that, you know, one obviously goes with the other, but, but I am curious your thoughts on the point about sort of feeling like you have to come in with a ready-made toolkit for your next job um, and, and sort of your experience with that, especially as, as it's gone from, you know, being an in-house excuse me, going from a, a private practicing lawyer to, to in-house. You know, I can't blame folks for having that misconception. You know, I think that it's <laughs> something that I believed for a long time that unless I were, unless I was somebody who had the exact skills on that job description that I shouldn't even bother applying. Um, but I've been really fortunate to get to know a lot of lawyers who've had very unique career paths. And mm -hmm. a common thread among those lawyers is that they let their unique experiences build on top of the other rather than the previous experience holding them back. And, you know, I know a lot of lawyers who started in government, did a stint in the private sector, did a stint in-house, maybe moved over to academia, have gone back to the public sector. And it's, it's not a path that when you're a law student, I think that there's this perception that you have to go in a completely straight line toward a, a very specific destination. And that's really not the case at all. It's just about at every stage of your career, looking at what you've learned, the skills that you've developed, and how those skills can help you in the next role that you want to be in, regardless of whether you've done that role before. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's a great, and obviously your career, I think is great a great example of that. I mean, you know, starting in, you know, as a public defender to working in house is I don't think, at least I don't have many, um, you know, colleagues in my own, um, in, in my own role now that, that I think have that background, but I think that's fantastic. And I, I just love that advice. 
Yeah. You know, I think that, um, as I said before, I don't think that I would have ever guessed that this is where I would have ended up when I graduated Northeastern in 2012, (laughs) but I'm really glad that I didn't let those misconceptions hold me back because I'm very pleased with where my career is right now. Yeah, no, I I think that's really fantastic. So Sarah, if you know, you've heard this podcast before and I, I know our listeners have as well. There's a couple of questions we ask every guest before we wrap up. So the first is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first entered the in-house practice? That's a great question. So, you know, I've only been in this role for about six months and, you know, I, I I only know what I know and I don't know what I don't know quite yet, (laughs) but I have to say that I I spoke to quite a few in-house employment lawyers before I made the the transition. And that was so valuable because hearing what they do day to day is really what helped me understand what I, I would do and what I do now day to day. So I'm just really grateful I had that opportunity and certainly look forward to learning as I go along, you know, the various ways in which I can improve my practice. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer and, and so true. I know it's been only six months for you. Well, second, um, what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? The best piece of career advice that I have received is that nothing in your career is permanent and that if you try something and it's not what you want for your career, you're not stuck doing that forever and you can change directions and you can do something new. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, but I certainly graduated law school with this idea that I had committed to being a public defender and that's what I was going Mm -hmm. to do. And I was going to be a public defender for however many years and then I would retire and I think that that's a really fantastic career path for some folks. And I really admire people who can be what uh, those in the public defender world would be familiar with this term, but a public defender lifer, you know, uh-huh. being a public defender for your entire career. But I'm really glad that I got that advice because I was able to look at what else interests me and the other ways in which I can advocate for people and, you know, offer my skills. Oh, I, I love that answer. And uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, so before we before we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with we haven't maybe that we haven't covered already? Sure. So, you know, one thing that I was thinking about as we were preparing for this was the importance of communication in our roles as in-house counsel and how communication has sort of been the common thread in my career. I, when I graduated law school and I began practicing as a public defender, I had to communicate really effectively to people who, you know, had been arrested, were being held in lockup, and maybe sometimes I had three minutes to explain the entire United States criminal legal system to them, why they were being held, why such a high bill was being requested, whatever it might be, sometimes have really sensitive conversations in a really short you know, time period. And then when I moved to private practice, I had clients from small business owners to huge companies with really large and sophisticated in-house legal departments and understanding that you're really effective when you meet your client where they are and Mm -hmm. you communicate in a way that serves your client. And, you know, At whatever stage you are, making sure that you're always listening instead of just speaking and understanding what the client needs so that you can be an effective attorney on their behalf. I I, I just couldn't agree more with that, Sarah. That's great advice. And um, 
And I, I think it's especially, you know, when you compare it to your, your communication now versus what, you know, was it earlier in your career? I'm sure it's, uh, it's a whole new world and it's so true. Um, so I love that. Yeah, it is very, very different, but yeah. certainly enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else that we, that, we, that we missed? Anything else you'd like to share with us? Or any recipes you have uh, coming up on the blog we should all be aware of? <laughs> well, I have tons of recipes on my blog. Um, and so I'm happy to you know, share those with the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a great conversation and I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Sarah, thank you so, so much for, for coming on and for sharing a bit about your background. And, um, and I'm excited for you for, for what, you know, I know is just the beginning of your in-house career, but I'm sure it will be, will be really a terrific one. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for, uh, for, for joining us today. This has been another episode of Around the In-House, which is now available on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Uh, so please be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at ACC Northeast and watch out for the ACC Northeast chapter posts on LinkedIn to hear more future episodes of Around the In-House. I'm Alex Affariot, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon.